Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, a, I'm encouraged today uh, because how many know they overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony? There's some powerful testimonies in this room and uh, of just what God is doing. Well, Hosea chapter 10 is where we're, we're looking today. As we're in this Easter series, we're calling the return back where you belong. Uh, obviously, it ties in with Easter because Jesus returned from the dead and uh, we have that same power that we will rise and be with him forever. But it also gives us this understanding that because of the work of Christ, we can live in total freedom on this earth, that we can walk in freedom. Much of what some of the testimonies you heard of people sharing, how God has delivered them, God has brought them into new places and new areas in life, that God has made it possible for us in salvation, it is immediate. But the sanctification and the growth of salvation is an ongoing process that will be continued to the day we see Jesus with our own eyes. And so it's an ongoing process that we are returning. God created the the garden for us to have communion with him. Sin entered the world and it dismissed us from the garden. But God's grace made a way for us to come back. And so what, what we're talking about over these next weeks is, is a, a, a way uh, to come back that we can live in that total freedom that comes from Christ. As, as uh, Patrick said when he was baptized, or, or uh, uh, Bakash, as, the, as, as it says that if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And that is our, our declaration. Hosea chapter 10 is where we want to look. And uh, what Hosea is writing to the people of of Israel, and he is a prophet during that time, 700 years before Jesus is born. And Hosea is giving a warning. God is, is, is showing them how much he loves them to the point that God tells Hosea, you got to go back and read it for yourself. God tells Hosea to marry a prostitute. God tells Hosea to marry Gomer, who is unfaithful. And God says, I want you to marry her. I want you to have children with her. And I want you to to be a display of my love. Well, without a doubt, he marries her. She then is unfaithful to him. He remains in relationship with her. It is an example to all of Israel. Though you walk away from me, I'll never walk away from you. That it is God's love that he says, I love you that much. A reckless love. He'll chase you down. There's There's no wall he won't break down. There's no place he won't go to share and to give you the love of God that we would receive. And so I want to talk today about our hearts being receptive because Hosea is warning the people that we can get to places in life that our heart becomes naturally hardened because of life, life experiences, things we go through, that our life can sometimes, our heart become hardened to the things of God. And how many know that's just life? Just living in life, we've got to be intentional. And so I want to talk today about our hearts being uh, soften to the things of God. Why don't you stand with me in Hosea chapter 10? I want to start in verse 1, just give you a background, and then we'll get to the, the verses I want to focus on today. Uh, here's what Hosea writes in Hosea chapter 10. Listen to the condition of the people. He says, How prosperous Israel is, a luxuriant vine loaded with fruit, but the richer the people get, the more pagan altars they build. The more bountiful their harvest, the more beautiful their sacred pillars. The hearts of the people are fickle. They are guilty and must be punished. 
The Lord will break down their altars and smash their sacred pillars. They will say, then they will say, we have no king because we didn't fear the Lord. But even if we did have a king, we, he could not do anything for us. They spout empty words and make covenants they don't intend to keep. So injustice springs up among them like poisonous weeds in a farmer's field. Jump down to verse 11. Verse 11 says, Israel is like a trained heifer treading out the grain an easy job that she loves to do. But I will put a heavy yoke on her tender neck. I will force Judah to pull the plow and Israel to break up the hard ground. I said, and here's, the, here's what I want to focus on today. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up your hard hearts, the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. But you have cultivated wickedness and have invested, have harvested a thriving crop of sins. You have eaten the fruit of lies, trusting in your military might, believing that great armies could make your nation safe. You've been trusting in your own strength. Father, I pray today that you would help us, God, to break up the ground, that Lord, our hearts would be tender to you. God, do in us what needs to be done for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Give us ears to hear. God, I pray right now just for a moment that we would allow this to lean into this word, that God, this would not be a word for someone else, someone in the back, someone in the front, but God, someone who's sitting right where we are, someone who's watching right from where we are, that God, we would allow this word to penetrate our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, would you say amen? As you're being seated, just tell your neighbor it's time to break up. I don't know if you've heard, but breaking up is hard to do. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's difficult, but sometimes so necessary. You realize that things don't grow in hard places. In order for things to grow, there needs to be a cultivation and a, a conditioning of the heart or the, the, the soil, the atmosphere. And, and sometimes in order for that to be done, there needs to be a breaking. I want to I talk today just from that title, it's time to break up. That there's some things in our lives that we need to break up. There's some, some hardened ground. There's some unplowed ground that, that maybe from life you, you recognize in our, in our time now that you begin to work out in the yard, that the, hard, the ground is hardened because of the snow that sat. It needs broken up to be able to plant again or whatever needs to happen. That life conditions us sometimes to just get hardened. We don't intend to get hardened. We don't intend to, to be at a place that we put up our own walls of, of de defense. And we don't intend to get to a place where we're unmoved. It's not intentional. It just happens because of life. We experience the hardship of life, the difficulty of life, which is why it's important that we must plow up the ground because the heart will naturally get hard. You will naturally fall out of love, which by the way, you never fell in love. So you can't fall out of love. But you will naturally grow away from, because if you're no longer intentional, if we don't move in a place of, of harvesting or cultivating or prepping the ground, that we will move to a place that is further away, not by desire, but just by default. So let me ask you today, are you living your life by desire or default? 
Is your life lived by desire that we're making the decisions, the places we're heading? It is by desire and not just by default because by default, your heart's going to get hard. Your heart's going to become reluctant in, in places where it's hard to trust, hard to believe, hard to want or, or expect God to move. But in our place of allowing God to soften our heart that we break up the ground, we allow our heart to be receptive to what God wants to do. Here's the question I want to ask you today. Are you receptive to a move of God? Are you receptive to what God is doing? Is your heart receptive to the work of God? Or have we gotten good at just going through the motions? We know what's done. We know the songs. We know the atmosphere. We know, but our heart has become unmoved because we've been conditioned by life. We've gone through heartache. We've gone through brokenness. Let me just, to make sure we're in a room that this makes sense, raise your hand if you've gone through brokenness in life. Raise your hand if you've gone through loss. Raise your hand if you've gone through disappointment. Raise your hand if you've been lied against. If there have been people who have left it. This is, life is conditioned. We live this life and we, we, our hearts will naturally, if you are, if you're drifting to a hard heart, it's not that you're a heathen, it's you're human. You're human. Because your heart gets to that place where it's like, oh God. But here's why I, Hosea says it's time to seek the Lord. The only way to have a soft heart is to seek God. To pursue the things of God. To allow his heart to condition us. That sometimes in life it naturally gets hardened. This is the situation of Israel in their day. Let me just give you the condition of their hard heart. Some things that surrounded them. Here's number one. They were so blessed they didn't need God anymore. They were so blessed that that things were good. They were lucrative. The crops are good. Everything's fine. And so when we get to a place when we can do this on our own, we're clever in our own ways. We understand how to do it. That there can be the danger of just doing life in routine but not doing life in dependence upon God. How many know there's a difference? That we can get good at just doing life. We just make decisions. There are times I just need to be reminded. God, I just naturally know things I'm going to buy and decisions I'm going to make. But never let me get to the place that I just do it out of rhythm without acknowledging God. What is your will? What is your plan? Because everything I do, I want it to center around the heart of God, the purpose of God, the effectiveness of God. I want my heart to be moved by God. Israel's at a place where they didn't need God. So their heart became hardened. Here's the thing that's interesting, though. They kept worshiping God. You know, quote, worshiping God. They would go to their synagogue, to their, to their place of worship, their place of sacrifices in this day. They would worship God. Here's the problem, though. They went to worship, but worship never changed them. They went to worship and left the same way they came. They were unmoved by the presence of God. They were unmoved by the words of God. They were unmoved. They, they, were, they, they went, but they also, they would go on certain days to worship God at his altar, but then they would also go and worship the golden calf on another day because they were just caught up in this. We go through the motions. It doesn't change us. It doesn't affect us. There's nothing more dangerous than a church that doesn't change anything. There's nothing more dangerous than a church that has no power. There's nothing more dangerous than a place that, that, that talks and operates in the things of God but is not advancing and moving in the kingdom of God. Because I don't know if you realize this, God's not dead. His spirit is still moving on the earth. He is still doing great and mighty things in our day. I want a heart that is sensitive and tender and able to be moved and pliable to what it is that God is doing. They, they're at a place, and you, we, we know that their heart is hardened because two things strike them. One is blame, and the other is injustice. There's blame. It's always someone's fault. They said it's the government's fault because we don't have a king, and even if we did have a king, what good would it do us? 
It's always someone's fault and injustice rises up. Injustice is when everybody else looks out for themselves. When it just becomes our own desire. We become gods unto ourselves. That this is a place of, of hardening. In, in essence, they, 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 they allowed themselves to think that it was their, their way of doing things that would, that would cause them to be able to succeed and forgetting the things of God. That they no longer de- desired the things of God. And God is bringing them to a place of change is going to come. And here's what he says. I have, I'm going to come over you and I'm going to put a yoke around your neck like a heifer. Has a yoke around its neck to be able to plow the ground like a cow or oxen in those days to plow the ground. He's bringing them to a place that change is about to come. He says that, that, that like a heifer, Israel enjoys threshing the wheat. Now here's what he's, what he's bringing to light, that in those days it's, it's agriculture. Everybody understood the agriculture symbolism and all that was spoken. When you had a, a, a cow that was in, there, in the, the place of the threshing floor, the job of that cow was the, the harvester would throw the grain in there, the cow would then trample it, and as the cow would trample it, it would also eat what it trampled. Deuteronomy 25 says not to muzzle the oxen because it meant that the oxen could eat. They could eat as they're working. And so God is saying to them, you're like, a, you're, you're like a cow that's threshing and you enjoy threshing. You love it because there's blessings. But here's the problem. They love the blessings but forsook the one who gave the blessings. They love the one who, got the, who brought the blessings but they forgot and no longer gave acknowledgement to God. What do you call a condition when you get to the place that you deserve everything, everything's about you, and everything ought to just be served to you? That's called a spoiled brat. I don't know if that's what you that It's someone who's in a place of all my needs are just met. It's a dangerous place to come to a point that you think everything's just free. That it's just owed. It just comes. If you receive the blessing but don't recognize the process, you'll set yourself up to have a hardened heart. And the hardened heart centers everything about us, that we become hardened. And God says, I'm going to change your hardened heart because I'm going to put a plow behind you. You're going to now pull this plow. A yoke is going to be on you, and you're going to pull. You're not going to just receive the blessings. You're going to have to know how to plow because it's important. If we're going to go deeper, how many know we've got to dig up the dirt? If we're going to do something of substance, there, there's a, a breaking that needs to happen. There's a, a breaking up that needs to occur in our lives. Some of us might need a breaking. God says that he's going to take us from threshing to plowing. Let's be honest. We would all rather thresh than plow. We would all rather just walk on the grain and stop and eat and just enjoy it. But how many know there's sometimes it's not just a threshing season. It's time to plow. Because the ground needs broken up. You might be at a place that if we're going to return to God, if we're going to allow our hearts to respond, there's some breaking up that needs to be done. I don't know today what you need to break up with, but today I believe is the day that's time for a breakup. Some of us need to break up with habits. Some of us need to break up with mindsets. Some of us need to break up with relationships that are not moving us in the right direction. Some of us need to break up with with conditions or, or decisions and things that we made. I, I don't know what it might be, but there's some breaking that needs to happen. Some of us have been conditioned by life. I'll never trust again. I'll never have hope again. I'll never have joy again. No, you better break up that ground because the heart will get hard. And the harder the heart gets, the less responsive it'll be to the Spirit of God. Why is that dangerous? Because no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. And if your heart is so hard, guess what? You can't hear. 
It's a dangerous place when we just get conditioned. We, 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 just, we fall into this place of, of hardness and, and just building ourselves in, in an area of defense that there's some breakup that might need to happen. You can't go deep when you're attached to empty things. You can't go deep in a walk with Christ and deeper things when we're attached to empty things. Here's some, some things to put in perspective. I'd rather make less money than be unreceptive to the things of God in my life. Here's another thought. I'd rather end an unhealthy relationship that continues moving me away from God. How many know breaking up is hard to do? Breaking habits is hard to do. Breaking mindsets is hard to do. It is not an easy thing to do. We'd rather just remain on the threshing floor that just keeps circling. But how many know you circle long enough, you've trampled and eaten everything that's there, but in order for you to have more, you're gonna have to get up and plow and go to a new season. And some of us, just like the threshing that we just keep circling, make it feel good, I'm good, I'll just exist. God says it's time to go from threshing and start plowing. It's time to allow some things to break, some things to, to come away, to, to set free, to, to, to release us from. I'd rather be less known for my accomplishments than uninvolved in God's working in my world. I'd rather be out of the loop of social media and activities than to be out of the loop of God's leading. I don't know what you need to break up with. I don't know what might be some things that, 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 have, that are just keeping us in a place of remaining. The ground is, is, is hardened, and if the ground doesn't break, we'll just remain in the place we've been, and remaining is the biggest hindrance to returning. You'll never return if we just remain in the same condition, that there's something needs to break, that there's, there's a breaking that needs to occur in our lives so that our hearts don't get hard. I want to warn you, this message is not for those who are binging on, on, on drugs, those who are cheating on their spouse, those who are so... We, we often think of hard-hearted people as those that are way off there on the edge. No, the hard-hearted people can be those that don't even recognize, God, I'm getting complacent, I'm getting comfortable, I'm just going through the motions I've just come to a place of expectation of you being there and meeting me but I've not allowed my heart to deepen in a walk with you I've made it everybody else's responsibility to get deeper I'm good but in our hearts, allowing ourselves to really evaluate what is it in order to, to, to break the, the condition? What, what are some things that need to break? Let me give you some things to consider in this moment. That if we're going to allow our hearts to be pliable and softened to the things of God. Notice this. He says, plow up your hardened ground. Whose job is it to plow? It's your job. It's no one else's job to plow your ground. It's your job. One of the things I wrote in there, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was just talking about some, some things we might have to break up with. And, and one of the thoughts was, you know, sometimes we need to break up with unhealthy relationships that drag us away from God. And as I wrote it, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, you don't get drug away. You willingly go. And right there was the evidence of how it's already conditioned in us. It's always someone else's fault. When our heart is not in the right place, can I say to you? No one's dragging you away from God. You're willingly surrendering and allowing that to happen. The abuse or the, mis, the mistreatment, the, 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 the thing that occurred in your life, the, the sin that someone committed against you, they're not the reason you're having a hardened heart. The reason you're having a hardened heart is because you are agreeing with that and giving permission to that thing rather than allowing healing to come into your life. You're allowing those things that are coming in that, that we have to come to a place of coming out of agreement with the stuff that has occurred. Let me give you some things to, to consider. 
to the condition of your heart. Here's number one, an examination. The examination allows us to say this, who or what has your heart? When we allow the examination, God is speaking over the people and he says to them that you're like a, a heifer that's plowing the ground and then he says, I will, I will put upon you a yoke. Now there's a, a translation that says, I will pass over your neck. I will pass over. Now when I looked at this word, sure enough, in the original, it uses the word Passover, which literally means to pass over in, in, in a place of examination. We get this from the Jewish culture and in our worship we understand Passover because on the Jewish calendar just yesterday ended the Passover but we know that the greatest Passover was Jesus when he died on the cross his blood was shed and now we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives and the death angel passes over just like he did in Exodus when they were fleeing from Egypt the death of the firstborn and God said kill a lamb and then apply the blood of the lamb to the door of your of your home and everyone in that home will be saved the death that angel will pass over and you will be saved. And it was called the Passover. That Passover is an examination. It's to examine. The death angel would come and the only thing keeping the death angel from coming into that home was that they saw the blood of the lamb. You and I have the, have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ when he died on the cross, literally in that Passover. If the blood of Jesus is applied to our heart, how many know that we have passed the examination? When you get to heaven, it won't be how many times did you go to church how much money did you give what serve teams were you on when you get to heaven it will be what have you done with Jesus have you applied the blood of Jesus to your heart have you surrendered your life to Christ there's an examination it's a pass or fail test and the only thing that'll matter is whether or not you apply the blood of Jesus to your life it's not a multiple choice it's not a paragraph. It's not, a, it's not an essay. It is a, it is a simple answer. It is one examination, pass or fail. Is the blood of Jesus covering your life? Will you pass the examination? And the examination is to believe on Jesus Christ, to submit your life to Christ. And he's passing over. And now the yoke is still on you. But I don't want the yoke of sin and slavery. I want the yoke of Christ. Why did Jesus say this? If anyone is weary, come to him. His yoke is easy and his his burden is light. It doesn't mean I get out of plowing. It means now I can plow with purpose. It means now I can go through what I'm going through with purpose. It doesn't mean I don't have to break up hard ground. It means now I'm not plowing with my sin behind me. I'm plowing yoke to Christ. And because now I'm in him, I am a new creature. And how many know if I'm with him, his power is in me and I can overcome. I can plow. And when we plow, it will be, it will produce great things because of the relationship that we are in him. Here's the question today. Are you covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? Who do you belong to? It was marked by the blood. It was marked by, by relationship with him. Examine yourself. The, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when Paul is talking about communion, he's, he's, he's sharing the Lord's Supper with them. And in uh, chapter 11, verse 28, it says, that is why you should examine yourself. Somebody say, examine yourself. This is no one else's job. This is yours. One of the things we say around here at Faith Assembly is guard your heart and I'll guard your steps. I, I remember saying to God, God, guard my heart until one day the Holy Spirit said, no, that's your job. That's your job. Because I oftentimes want God to do the job he told me to do. Because if it's someone else's job, how many know it's someone else's fault? God, you. I love it whenever the kids are like, hey, wake me up so I'm not late. You wake them up, they go back to sleep. Hey, you didn't wake me up. No. 
I did. You went back to sleep. Set your own stupid alarm because you're old enough. You do life. Those days are past for us right now. Had a flashback moment. Dad, it's your fault I'm late. No, it's not. I woke you up. You decided to stay in bed. And by the way, you got your own alarm. Your own alarm. I'm not coming to wake you up anymore because you're going to go to school. And guess who's going to be there to wake you up? Your iPhone. So you better learn how to use it now. You better make sense of it now. There's, it's, God says guard your heart, that, that we guard our heart. And if we're going to plow our heart, it's our responsibility. He says here, Paul says to the people, that is why you should examine yourself. Before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. There is a requirement and a, and a and significance to examining yourself because there's a danger if you just go through the motions and you become a heart disconnected in worship with God, you can bring harm and tragedy and difficulty to yourself. That there's, there's this, this examining, God, keep my heart in a place that's, that's honorable, that's pure, that's serving you, that my heart to be in the right condition. Are we going through the motions or are we being moved? I hope that we're being moved. Examine your heart. Does it belong to God? Is the blood of Jesus applied? Are you moved by what he's done? Am I going through the motion or am I being moved? Does my heart, does he have my heart or do I have my religion? Here's number two. We've got to evaluate with expectation. The, the, the word is expectation. And the question with this is, what are you producing? When someone is expecting, like a mother, there, there's an expectation. Mom is, is expecting, beginning to show. There's a, this anticipation. There, there's expectation of, of what is about to come forth. What are you expecting? That when we become people that realize we're, we are expecting, that we are allowing our heart to be in the right place, we become intentional with the decisions we make. Every action is a seed. So what are you sowing? Every action is a seed. So what are you sowing? The way I talk to my wife is a seed, and I'm sowing to my son how to treat his wife. Every action is a seed. Everything that I do is setting a course for what I'm, what's going to grow. You will reap what you sow. How many of you had parents that said, one day you're going to grow up and you're going to have kids just like yourself? You reap what you sow. There is, this, there is this, this, this understanding. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 that we realize that every action, don't be misled, he says, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Your actions will produce that there's this expectation. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. I want to say to you, don't get tired in the process. Sometimes plowing the ground, it's like, God, when are you going to rain? When's it going to happen? When's it going to be? Listen, God will take care of the outcome. You just keep walking in the obedience. You keep plowing. You keep sowing the seeds of righteousness. God is the one who will order those things and put it together. Don't get tired. Let me speak to all of the wiser people in the room. And by wiser, that should mean age group. It's not always the case, but we're going to believe it is in this moment. 
the wiser people in the room, don't hang up your cleats. You're not done yet. Don't get tired. Oh, I get it. You, you, there might be a change of pace. I, I understand. It might be a, a, a change, but we need your voice. We need your spiritual parenting. We need your godly wisdom. We need what you've got. Yeah, it's not going to look like it did, but we need the wisdom to glean from you of where you've been, what you've gone through. Don't get tired because the expectation, don't let it die out. If, if I'm not dead, he's not done. Greater things are still to come. I'm, I'm, I realize that we go through places and, and it's always a danger when we go in life and especially in the spiritual walk. When we go in the spiritual walk and things didn't occur the way we thought. Do you know how many people left this earth to go to heaven and did not see the things they believed for? But another generation is walking in the very thing they believed. Why? Because it's not about the person. It's about the kingdom. It's about the process. It's about what God is doing. And what I'm willing to do is say, God, help me to keep plowing. Help me to keep planning. Help me keep doing. And even if I don't see it with my own eyes, may I set up the next generation to walk in the fullness of expectation of what you're wanting to do. Let me go to the grave when it's my turn to still sit on the front row, hands raised, worshiping, shouting, declaring the praises of God. Never let me slowly wane to the quiet, subtle, unassuming, just blend in. I hope when I get old, I've never knew how to dance, but I hope when I get old, I still don't stop tapping my toes or something. I keep shouting the praises of God. God's not done with expectation. Don't lose the expectation. Let your heart be filled with expectation. I know it's hard. You say, well, Jason, I've gone through condition. I've gone through church hurt. I've gone through difficulty, whatever that is. Uh, and, and I'm even sometimes leery to even put the label on whatever church hurt is because I believe we just give the enemy too much power. There's a God who can heal. A God who works in our lives. And we allow the, the work of God. You say, but I've been conditioned. Things haven't happened the way I thought it would happen. Yeah, but don't let the enemy rob your expectation. Because if he robs your expectation, your heart will begin to be isolated, turn to yourself, and it will become hardened and no longer respond to the work of God. Here's the last thing. We've got to recognize with our hearts staying tender is that there's an expiration date. Expiration, here's the question. Do you know what time it is? You know what time it is? The, the, the Bible says that what we read, Hosea said, so sow to yourselves seeds of righteousness. Break up the hard ground of your heart. For now is the time to seek the Lord. The time is now. The time is now. Planting is so crucial to know the timing. If you put the plant in the ground in January and expect to get some crops, how many know you don't have much of a shot? Why? Because timing is crucial. Crucial. That's why the Bible says, today if you hear him calling you, do not harden your heart, but respond. Don't harden your heart to the things of God. There, this timing is so crucial. Because here's what we do with timing. The way you handle time, can I just tell you this? Your time management and money management but we can we recognize it easily with money but time management your time management will be an indicator of how selfish or how worshipful you are how you handle your time because what we tend to do is time is when I'm ready on my terms when I feel like it one of the things I say to our team is hey 
There are circumstances that we're gonna be late at times, but don't make a habit of being late because your habit of being late is you saying my time's more important than anybody else's. When you don't honor time, when you don't respect time, when you just move at your own pace, and here's the danger, that sometimes there's some, there's some prodigal sons and daughters and you know who you are. You grew up around church all your life and in your mind it was someday, sometime, some moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna someday on my own terms, the danger with your own terms is that you always operate in your own expectations, your own desire, and you'll miss the heart of God. You'll become so hardened that you'll no longer hear his voice and you won't even be able to recognize the time. Because how many know if you get so good at living on your, t- your own time, you just keep doing it your own way? Because remember, habits are hard to break. And if you're conditioned to just do things at your own pace, your own time, your own will, your own desire, your own want, it's you. You'll get so good at that that you'll never hear the voice of God stirring your heart because you've just learned how to exist and you don't even realize your heart has gone hardened. What did Jesus say in the last days would happen? The love of many would grow cold. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is that if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart to respond? And I want to say to some of us in the room today, you need to break up with some past hurts, some things that have held you back, your heart that is hardened, and you you come into this cocoon of your own life of saying, I'll just do it on my own. I'll just figure it out on my own. And you're missing out on the joy, the freedom, the hope, and the peace that comes because he wants you to not just be free. He wants you to be free indeed walk in the wholeness, the freedom. Yeah, you've been hurt. Yeah, people lied. Yeah, people did things. Yeah, but don't let your heart get hard. Don't resist the healing that God wants to bring. Don't live. I want to say this on two fronts. If you're away from God, come back. Let salvation come. But let me also say, if you are saved, don't hold off deliverance either. Because I believe in the room, there are two people. Some that need salvation and others that need deliverance. Because they are people who are saved and they're going to heaven. But they've been carrying just the dirt and the stuff that you've been holding on to. Your ground has gotten hard. You become conditioned that life is difficult. You don't trust people. You don't have hope. You don't have expectation. You've just learned how to live in this place of, ugh. Just hope to make it. Don't want to see them. Don't want to deal with them. Don't want to have to do. And your heart is hardened. Can I say to you, God wants you to live in freedom. So I don't know if you're here today and you hear him calling you. Don't harden your heart. It says the men of Issachar, they, they knew what to do. They knew the times and seasons. Isaiah 55 If you hear the Lord calling, don't don't ignore, don't harden your heart. Call on the Lord while he is near. Seek him while he may be found. Allow your heart to respond. I'm going to go into this song as we go. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. There's two calls that I want to make today. And what I want to do is give you an opportunity to respond. Hebrews chapter 3 says... Don't harden your heart as they did in the days of old. That if you respond to God, you'll receive all that Christ has for you. How many want to receive all that Christ has for us? you got to break up the ground. He says in there, don't let your heart get hardened. Break up the ground. So we're going to sing this song, He's Calling You Today. And two calls that I want to make is if you need salvation, I want to meet you at the front of this room. And we're going to celebrate. 
Or if you need deliverance, you say, well, deliverance, isn't that for people who are demon-possessed and, you know, have addictions or so? No, deliverance is for those who the enemy's been robbing your joy. You yeah. need delivered. Yeah. The enemy's been, been painting your mind with thoughts of insecurity, not enough, or unloved, whatever it is. No, you need delivered. The power of God is able to move yeah. in your life, yeah. that he's calling your name. I want to say to you today, allow the ground. You need to break up. You need to break up with those thoughts. Break up with those ideas. Break up with that habit. Break up with that past. Break up with what's around you. And allow God to bring healing that life might flow in Jesus' name. You agree with that today?